the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, a new live local show on K-Praise designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the first hour of Come Together San Diego. This is the last Saturday of the month, which means, ta-da, this is the Align with Zion Hour with Anarina Hyman, with Align with Zion out of a place called Israel, out of a place called Jerusalem. Hello, Anarina. Shalom from a rainy, very cold Jerusalem, but (laughs) we have been seeing tremendous records rain. That's the season in which we find ourselves. This is the Mm -hmm. fall season entering into a springtime promise, and uh, you're going to talk about this, I know, but this is the, uh, what we would call the 12th month uh, of Adar, and within that month Mm -hmm. there's a wonderful feast or festival celebration. We'll talk about all those things when I set on Arena Hyman of Align with Zion Free. Um, Adar, the first of the Adar Rosh Chodesh, and that's a month that sort of slowly lifts us out of the hibernation stage. It slowly lifts us out of the darkness. You can already start seeing um, changes in the weather. And while we still, it's still very cold, we, we started to see the almond blossom, um, the, the almond blossoms appear. Really amazing to see that. So that is Shvat. It's sort of, you can feel that there's a change. You can sort of feel that we're coming out of the, the terrible darkness of the vet. But then we get to the month of Adar. And Adar is where sadness is literally flipped on its head. And tremendous joy comes. This is the month of joy. And we see that in Esther 9, uh, verse 22, where it says that God had turned, um, he has flipped around the morning into joy for the Jewish people. It's almost the same that we see in Psalm 30, verse 11, when, you, when he turns our morning into um, dancing. So all of that um, is happening in Adar. So before we get to that, our last Shabbat, just before the month of Adar comes in, is called Parshat Shkalim. Now you can hear the word shekel inside that word because in this last Shabbat before the month of Adar comes in, uh, we are reminded to get our shekels ready. Now, this is um, this is a biblical command that still uh, runs through from biblical times, and every person in the month of Nisan, when people come for Pesach, they have to bring a half shekel coin for the upkeep of the house of God. Every person has to bring a shekel. And what is interesting, you can hear in the word shekel, the Hebrew word, you can hear the word scale, because a shekel was a weight. Um, Later on, it turned into a coin as well, but it had to have a certain weight. So you can hear in the the modern-day English that there is the word scale, and it comes from shkal, 
um, and that comes from shekel. And even today, if we want to ask um, somebody, how much does this cost in Israel? We don't yes. say how much does it cost. We literally say, how much, much. does it go up? Literally, because the arm of the scale has to lift. So even today, <laughs> we still say to everybody, to the shop person, uh, how much is it going up? So you can see that is still right in there. That's so remarkable. The it's amazing, Cass, and uh, I hear that you will be coming to visit us soon again, so you can go and taste <laughs> that in the shops. <laughs> I think I, f- I still so, may have a few shekels with me from my last trip that you didn't, uh, that I didn't spend on your coffee. When we visit okay, well, we've got a coffee date, Kaz, <laughs> and you will be able to tell the guy. And you can ask him how much the coffee is. So why is the shekel so important? The shekel also plays a very big role in the story of Esther because there is a very deep Jewish thought that says that God creates the remedy before the blow. Um, and the giving of, of, of your tithe and the giving of um, tzedakah, if you give to the poor anyway, that protects you from death. And that's why it's so important because uh, we have seen how God also protected the people from the Amalekites in the story of um, Esther. And we will really go deeply yes. into that. I just want to get back to the fact that the people have to bring it uh, every single person, poor or rich, Important or not important, in whoever eyes you think you are important or not, everybody to God is equal. Number one, Jerusalem equals everybody out. But when we stand before God, every person has to give a half shekel coin, meaning before God we have we are all equal. Yes. So all of that happening, and that's why we uh, why we why we read um, about the shekel. Let me ask you a question: the the, 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 As we're talking about in the month of Adar, and in particular the Feast of Purim upcoming, um, uh-huh. the 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 half shekel um, that's a, a that's a uh, an offering that one would give in a temple environment. Is that correct? We still do it so, today, so, Kaz. Um, even, um, and we will talk about it when we get to Purim itself, there are a few things that happened on the day of Purim. There's a point I wanted to make here, uh, yeah. and, and that yeah. is the, the whole idea of the shekel, or the half shekel offering, presupposes that there's a temple in which to offer the shekel, or the half shekel. And so I, I suspect there's a lot of uh, heart cry around Israel right now at a possibility of a third temple being constructed. I mean, that's something that's of uh, of uh, prominence. But also, it's interesting that what's going on in Israel and the United States, President Trump has done an awful lot in favor of Israel and in a reverence or respect to him, uh, a half shekel coin was created. <laughs> Why don't you tell Correct. briefly about that, and then we'll, we'll use that as a springboard to get into our other stuff tied to Purim and other things. But isn't that so? That there was Correct, a, and uh, I have one of those. I have one of those <laughs> with me. The coin is much bigger than the half shekel coin, and this is very important because during the archaeology cast, we actually found those half shekel coins. Um, they are from pure... Uh, silver, and when you weigh them, they're ex- exactly seven grams. It's amazing to see it. So the half shekel, um, again, why do we give it today? It is a step. It, it, it's not just a tradition. It is faith. 
Yeah. Um, and almost, I would say a, a, a prophecy as well. Would, would you say it's the fulfillment yeah, of a prophecy? It's, 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 it's not, it's beyond prophecy. It's us saying that we can't wait for the uh, third temple to be built. <laughs> the third temple will be built, and we are already giving our heart shekels. And all around the world, and we'll speak about this a little bit later when we discuss the uh, festival of Purim, um, wherever the Jews are, they give a half of the currency. Um, of the country where they are in. Yes. And we have the privilege here in Israel to literally give the half shekel yes. um, to the communities let, where, we, where we celebrate. Let, let me, I'm going to, I want to end this part of my conversations to set you free again, because we've got about two more minutes left, and yeah. one and a half minutes left in this segment. But mm-hmm. the interesting thing about the half shekel that has been recently minted, it has two faces on one side. One is the face of Cyrus, and we're going to get into Cyrus probably as we go through the rest of this show, but also a, a picture, uh, a profile of uh, uh, Donald Trump. I mean, that's kind, mm-hmm. kind of interesting, and uh, maybe there's some prophetical things tied to this, he said with a smile. But uh, so yeah. we're in a remarkable time frame, and Anarina Chaiman, you and I are right in the thick of it. So uh, we've got about one minute left in this segment. How would you like to close it before we go to a commercial break and then come back in, not only to the diving board, but to the pool in which the water is found? <laughs> There we go to really get into Purim. Guys, I want to get back to the to the shekel, the ancient shekel that we found, because you will never find really on any Jewish coin the image of a person or or anything like that. Um, but what we do have basically is the image of almond, three almond blossoms on the ancient biblical coin, um, and that is so special because that tells you that. Uh, we spoke about that prophecy, that that prophecy is happening um, um, in Shvat. It just, uh, we just spoke about that, that in the month of Shvat uh, on the 24th was the, the almond blossom. And, and, and then we, we can see that the Shoket and the Shaked, that God is about to do something. And um, that is on the coin that we found in archaeology. And I think the message there is, Give your half shekel coin, and on the coin it says, because God is about to do what he said he will do, and that is the building of the third temple. So yes. we are so excited about that. Yes. <laughs> so this is a good place to uh, to draw the uh, temporary line and uh, get into a commercial break and come right back. You know, my listening friend, we're in a remarkable time in natural history, but also biblical history. It is remarkable, and we pay a close attention to the different months that God has given us. This time frame, we're entering into a time frame called Adar, which is the 12th month. It's this kind of the last fall month entering into the spring. There's so much tied to this, and we're going to get into some of it, but one of the major things that happens in this month of Adar, the 12th month, is a feast or festival. It's not one of the main, main ones, but it is uh, ancillary, but it is vitally important. It is the Feast of Purim, and Anarina and I are going to talk about that and so much more when I come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. And welcome back to the second segment of Come Together San Diego. Before we go any further, let me just acclimate you, my listening friend. Anarina Hyman uh, is a uh, an Orthodox Jew, 
And she is one of the, in my mind, one of the best teachers I've ever heard. And that ha- having the opportunity to, to know her and actually have her actually talk to me blows my mind. But so w- while we have this friendship, I like to use this to have her introduce some of the uh, the truths of uh, Scripture from the Tanakh standpoint, the Old Testament standpoint, because I'm a I'm a, a Christian and she is an Orthodox Jew. And who said we couldn't get together? We're getting together. <laughs> I'm, I, and I'm, I'm staying in the Old Testament as I communicate things. But my Christian faith has a level of harmony, wonderful harmony with the, uh, the Jewish faith. And I think this is all God's plan. And especially when you get into this month, uh, this feast and festival of Purim, there's really a, a, a theme of uh, people of, of faith uniting together and the power therein. So I'm, I'm going to hand the, the baton over to you, Anarina, as you share further truths. Anarina Hyman, align with Zion. Thank you, Kath, and thank you for that very humbling compliment. Um, wow, it's just an honor to share all these beautiful treasures with you and the listeners. And thank you for giving me the chance to, to be able to share that with, with you guys. Um, much appreciated. Right, so let's look at the, the Festival of Purim. Um, it happened at a specific time. Um, and if the listeners have been following a little bit, they will know that within the Jewish understanding, we still keep the Hebrew calendar or the biblical calendar so we know exactly when it happened and we know how to celebrate it in the specific times, etc., etc. So in the in the month of Adar, that's when a lot of things happen, and specifically uh, the the whole story of Esther, which is very interesting because Esther's name um, is is very much connected to the word Hestel, Hestel Panim, which means the the hidden face of God, and together with the uh, book, the Songs of Solomon. And these are the only two books where we can we, we, where we don't see God being mentioned at all. So God very much being busy um, at the back of the plot, making this happen. Many times in our lives we can feel uh, we don't see God, we don't feel God, but He is very busy behind the scenes. And in this book. What a plot, Kaz. This is a Hollywood uh, script. It's, it, it's got all the elements and even the humor uh, worked into it as well. So uh, a beautiful book, really a beautiful book. Now, we're going to speak a little bit at the end of uh, um, at segment four. We will speak about what we do exactly um, on Purim, uh, because there are biblical commands that the Jewish people still have to do today. And you can go to uh, uh, the book of Esther 9, verse 21 and 22 to, to have a look there. We'll, we'll go into that. But one of the things that we do do is that we dress up in costumes. Uh, and, and I think most people, when they think of dressing up in costumes, they think about Halloween. <laughs> this festival of Purim is the absolute opposite of Halloween. Yes. Where Halloween is darkness and death and going into the winter months, Purim is coming out into the light, into the joy, into the life of God, because the life uh, for the Jewish people, the preservation of life is everything. Yes. And that's why we celebrate uh, this festival and why um, it is so important. So everybody getting into a costume, a costume on Purim, you, you can come to Jerusalem to the rest of Israel, and you will see uh, the buses 
in the cars. Everyone. This one is a chicken. That one is a chef. This one is a your, uh, whatever. Oh my! Uh, yeah, I, I, I've had a chance to visit some of your your website things. You you, you enjoy uh, the costume thing. Uh, you do. Who doesn't care? My goodness, you know. And it's part. Of us um, really getting into understanding Purim because Esther had to hide her identity, as did, and we also see that God was hidden behind the scenes. So that's how we we bring physically um, the story to life, even in our days, by 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 commemorating and celebrating this in such a beautiful way. Yes. But let's see where it started, um, Cass, uh, because the story of Purim most definitely did not start in um, Persia with Esther. It started in 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 the times when the Jewish people were in. The desert. Yes. Hang on just for one second. I need to bring in a reminder to my listening friend. We're talking about uh the the festival of Purim, but we're also talking about Persia. But my listening friend, this is going to help you understand the things that happened then have a weight for things that are happening now and tomorrow. When Honorina talks about Persia, she is talking about the modern nation of Iran. So as you start putting the pieces together, you'll realize that the things that happened in Purim uh, during those days uh, in Persia, uh, similar things are coming to pass in today's Iran. I just wanted to have our listeners aware when you talk about Persia and when you talk about Babylon, you're talking about Iraq and you're talking about Iran. Go ahead, Honoré. This is, this is so important, Cass, because we're not going to only see that. Um, the first thing that we need to understand is that the Bible is not just a storybook. It is the Jewish people's history. We're living it as we lived it there. If you read it there, we're still living it today. Yes. It is a continuation of this book. We are a continuation of the book itself. And it is amazing to see how you can see this through the generations. So let's try to put those dots together. The first place where we see this is in the desert when Amalek, uh, attacks the people. And um, at that point, uh, we saw that a few people fell behind and and we had to fight again uh, Amalek and, and, and to win and to war against it. And at that point, God said, I want you to remember Amalek because Amalek was the only nation. It is, it is known through the nations when um, Israel came out of Egypt that God performed tremendous miracles. All the nations know. How do we know this? This is not being made up. When the Rahav, uh, when the people came to Jericho and they wanted to take over Jericho, um, Rahav, the woman that uh, took them in, said to them, we know about you guys because you came out of Egypt and the nations are shaking because of what your God did for you. So we know the nations, all the nations knew about it. And if you go to the Song of Moses, you can also see that. So the only nation that was stupid enough to attack the people of God was Amalek. But that tells you a little bit about their character, um, Kaz, because... They, they, they don't fear God, and they still go and they attacked God's people. And because of that, God said, of all the nations, 
We have to try to always make peace, but there is one nation that you will obliterate, and this is a biblical command. And at the end of days, we know that this will happen. Where Amalek, the nation, will be obliterated. Um, God has no time for these people. Uh, we cannot say that we know who they are. We can see the spirit of Amalek in, in, in every generation coming against the Jewish people, but we know that there will be um, a day of... Um, of reckoning, of, so to speak. And can I, can I also add, my, listen, my listening yeah. friend, here's the deal. Honorine is talking about things that are tied to the Holy Land, to Israel and the surrounding areas. But the same thing that God is doing there, he's showing illustrations of in other nations, including the United States. So Honorine is talking about the spirit of Amalek uh, back then and also showing itself these days. In the United States of America, there is that also that defiant spirit of Amalek going on in America. Yeah. And I won't dig more deeply into that right now, but my, my friends that understand what's going on in politics, you'll get the message. Go ahead, Honorina. Correct. And you can, you can know where it is, um, Cass, because it comes from a very specific place that we will talk about, and it comes from people telling you that they will obliterate Israel and um, Israel's friends. But just to finish this, so from the beginning, God said that you have to take out these people, and we saw in 1 Samuel 15 that Saul, King Saul was, again, there was a battle against Amalek. He was supposed to take them out. He spared the king. And from there, Samuel came to him and he said, you didn't know, you didn't do what you were supposed to do. My. And he killed the king, Agag, but something happened, Kaz, and we will discuss that in our next um, segment. Yes, yes. Um, so, Saul is an illustration of sort of going the right way. There's a scripture that talks about there are those who, who, who uh, do what's right in the sight of God, but not with a perfect heart. That identifies King mm-hmm. Saul, and he kind of went the way that he thought was a godly thing, but he didn't obey the heart cry of God. And leaving this, uh, what you call ag- 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 agagite, of uh, 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 agagite, agagite. Yes. Thank you, um, mm-hmm. uh, of this tribe, this uh, Amalek tribe, leaving that person alive causes disdain and trouble. So Honorina is going to dive into this in the next segment. It's getting good. It's getting good. When you start to look at, look about the, the, the generations and the DNA of this uh, Amalek tribe, and pronounce the name for me, Agagite. Agagite. Yes. Haman was an Agagite. He was coming from Agag. So Haman <laughs> came from Agag, the king Agag, who was the king of Amalek. And we're going to stop the presses, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for a commercial break. <laughs> but on Arena, speaking about uh, the Feast of Purim and all the things that happened then that we have to deal with now and into tomorrow, on Arena, Haman and I will be right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. This is Judy Ross, co-pastor of Cloud9 Worship Center. San Diego, I am declaring over you, you are the southwest gate of this nation. And through you will pour abundance and greatness and the glory of God. That's what you were created for. 
Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. And welcome back to Come Together San Diego and the Align with Zion Hour. I have a big note on the side of my notepad saying, Honorina says, give her the freedom to take this segment and show some stuff that needs to be shown. So without going any further with the voice of Kaz, Honorina. Thank you, Kaz. So we're going to go into some surgical procedures here. <laughs> so, so let me see if I can cut um, to the chase and, and get the, the, the idea over. So we said that we saw that the Israelites were attacked by Amalek. God said, remember Amalek, and in the end of days, Amalek will be completely destroyed. But then we saw that Shaul, King Saul, did not do what Samuel told him to do, and he spared the king Agag, who was the king of the Amalekites. And remember, King Saul was from the tribe of Benjamin. So, so that night... Before Samuel killed uh, the king the day after, he had relations with a woman and um, she had a son. And out of that, um, um, from that son, we have the lineage of Haman, the the big um, um, enemy of of, um, the Israelite people or the, the people of Israel during the times of Queen Esther. So all of that happened that night. Um, and that tells us something, Kaz. It tells us when God tells you to do something specific, don't try to bend the rules. Don't think that you are doing him a favor by doing something else. If God says do it this way, you do it this way because otherwise it's going to chase you through the generations. And that's what we saw. But luckily in the times of Queen Esther, we saw that Mordechai came and he was from the tribe of Benjamin. So he came to fix his forefather's mistake by, by, by then pursuing Haman, the, the, the enemy. But let's try to figure out what the festival of Purim means. It comes from the word pool, and that means a lot. So there was a casting of a lot, and Haman was really trying through the magicians to try to get the right time to attack Israel and to obliterate them again um, in all the nations of Persia where, where um, they were found. And uh, we see that... He basically, his magicians and his um, the, uh, the stargazers told him that he has to do it uh, on the 14th of Purim. That's why we have a three-day here. We have the fast on the 13th, then we uh, celebrate on the 14th, and in Jerusalem specifically, there's another extra day that we celebrate, and this is only in Jerusalem um, um, that you can find this, that on the 15th of Adar, we also celebrate, and that is connected to the end of the story where Esther said to uh, the king, I want another day. In Shushan, I want another day where the Jews can defend themselves. He granted her that, and that's why we will have, we have an extra day of celebrations in Jerusalem in the present day. But here's a question, Kaz. This happened on, in Adar, but we know, and that's when the Jews could defend themselves. And this happened almost a year, almost a year after they got the news that they're going to be obliterated. And, and this is very important for, for those who are really following the, the times, that the, the casting of the poor did not happen on Adar. 
it just shows them to do it on Adar. But when when was the time when Haman actually casts the pool? He casted it almost a year before that in Pesach. Yes. He casted it in Nisan. And that means that the fast that Esther did, the three-day fast, but Esther did, did not happen in the month of Adar. That's the victory fast. We, the, the actual three-day fast happened on the night of Pesach. Pardon me for just, let, let me just do a translation yeah, to my friends. Sure. Pesach, this is the time when we would celebrate Easter. Correct. Go ahead. So here we have, and what is very important here is, Pesach is a command by God that the Jewish people have to um, eat matzot and we have to do the whole Seder and everything. And she fasted on that day. She went to Mordechai and she said to him, how can I fast on this day? This is a biblical command for us to keep Pesach. And that's the time when Mordechai said to her, you, some, uh, you have to fast in that day so that we can have the next Pesach and that we can have the people of Israel that we can have the next year actually at Pesach, because otherwise this is not going to happen. So you have to understand the dire situation that they were in, that they would actually um, nullify Pesach fast on that day in order to flip. You will see every time we flip things around on Adar, to flip it into a victory uh, cycle. Very, very important. Um, but let's go on, because there's something uh, very um, interesting coming now. Uh, the whole of Persia, Babylon and Persia, um, and this is where the story actually happened in modern day is Iraq and the um, southwestern Iran. And these are the people that keep on calling for the annihilation of the Jewish people. Now, the word Iran, or the ancient name of Iran, is actually Ariana Vaya. And you can hear the Aryan. It, um, it had a little bit of a metamorphosis, uh, evolution of this name. At the end, it was the Aryan race, Iran, E-R-A-N, and the Aryans. And finally, you have the modern day pronunciation of Iran. So, now, so are you saying that the, I mean, this is more tied to uh, like Germany and, 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 and uh, there we go. my, my, there my. We go. So, so it's not, it's the not the, what you race. would call the Arab, an Arab uh, a people. I mean, it's, it's, it's if you look way back at uh, Noah yeah. and his kids, this has nothing to do with those who became, uh, you know, uh, of Shem and, and those guys. This was a different, to- totally different son that comes down uh, of European descent, would you say? Uh, I, I, no, just remember where people come from Europe. We're talking in the times of Persia. From them, from there, some of the descendants moved into Europe. I see. And that's where that Aryan spirit started to sit on the Germans. Ah. But, but Iran and Germany has the same connection because they view themselves as the Aryan race the Iran race, and they need to obliterate anybody and everybody that does not go with, with that understanding and ideology. So that is very, very important for us um, uh, to see that. Now, let's get into something very interesting, Kaz, so, that the, the, uh, so that the listeners can really appreciate this. And here we have, after World War II, uh, we had the Nuremberg Trials. And during the Nuremberg Trials, we had 12 Nazis that had to, um, that, that were sentenced to death. One person committed suicide. The one person was sentenced in that censure. And so we had 
10 uh, uh, Nazis that had to be, um, that had to hang. Um, and what is very interesting about that, they were hanged on October 16, 1946. Now, if you go to Esther 9, 12 to 14, there's something very interesting you will see that it says the Jews have slain and destroyed 500 men in Shushan, the capital, and the 10 sons of Haman. Then she goes on and she says to the king, if, uh, if it pleases the king, let it be granted to the Jews that are in Shushan tomorrow, also on this day, and let Haman's 10 sons be hanged. Now, she just said that they were killed with the rest of the, uh, for, uh, the, rest of the um, enemies of Israel the previous day. And then she says, tomorrow, let them be hanged. And this is where the Hebrew gets really interesting. If you really delve into that, that's where you're going to see something amazing happening. Now, going into the Megillah, into the scroll of Esther, every time when a scribe has to write it, he has to write in a column the ten names of the sons of Haman. And within their names, there are three letters. And you will find it in every scroll that's written by a scribe that there are three letters that are smaller than the rest um, of, 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 of the letters. And those letters are, um, and we have it here, the Tav, the Shin, and the Zion. And those three letters together gives us the year 5707. And that brings us exactly to 1946. So hidden in the scroll of um, Esther, we already see that in a later time, not in the times of, of Queen Esther, there will also be a nation that wanted to annihilate the people, and those sons, ten sons, will be hanged. Uh, my, my, more my. Than that, because these people were supposed to, because it was a military tribunal that was supposed to die by firing squad, but somehow the judge said that they will be hanged. And during that day, Julius Streicher, one of the guys that was a, a, a key Nazi uh, a propagandist, he shouted out to the people just before they hanged him. He said, he shouted out Purim Fest 1946. Nobody understood that. Why would he connect Purim to what's happening right now? It's only afterwards that they saw that these 10 men were hanged exactly like the sons of Haman and that it was prophesied, it was coded into the scroll of Esther way before. So we can see the, the Persians, we can see the Amalekites during those days, we can see the Nazis, and now we're going to see something else when it comes to Iran today as well. Uh, and I, I might have gotten a revelation here. I'll share it in the next. You're going to find out what my revelation is and let's see what Honorina says about that. What a remarkable <laughs> segment uh, talking about the depth of uh, Purim and uh, the significance of the different numbers and activities then. You and I and Anarina Hyman of Align with Zion will be right back. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. And we are back for the last segment of 
the Align with Zion Hour with my friend in Jerusalem, Anarina Hyman. At the close of the previous segment, we talked about uh, the 10 Nazis that were hanged, which is illustrative of actually the 10 sons of Haman that were hanged back in the time frame of the book of Esther. But when I started thinking about this number 10, so I saw the 10 the, the ten bad guys hanged uh, and replacing them are the ten tribes of Israel, <laughs> even coming back to Israel, uh, uh, the lost tribes, as we would say, coming back. And we're in the process of that right now in this world, in this time frame. Right, on Arena? Absolutely, Kat. And um, well done on that interpretation. As we say, there, there are 70 faces um, to Torah, uh, one concept can have 70 angles to look at it. And this is a beautiful, it's a beautiful thought that you're bringing. And, and, and I want to also encourage the listeners to know that, that we should look at, at uh, a concept from every possible angle. That is so the Jewish thing to do it. You know, um, in our yeshivot where we study the Torah, every scripture is being taken apart, looking from inside out, left from right, all over, so that we can understand completely the depth of one word in one sentence, because there is so much to do. So, yes. so well done, Kat, and well, thank you for sharing um, that. And the other value to this, my listening friend, is... One person doesn't have all the pieces. One person has a piece of the puzzle, and when you get people together who have a like heart, all of a sudden, God will fill out the puzzle pieces because we are horizontally and vertically connected with one another, vertically connected by the creator of the universe, uh, up and down, and horizontally connected one with another. And uh, within those two different uh, directions comes a, a unity that is remarkable, and I think... God smiles when we do that, and he goes, aha, you're getting it. So, Anarina, I'm going to hand it off to you in this last segment. How do you want to tie things together? But before you do, give a website where people can find out more about Anarina Hyman and the Align with Zion outreach. Thank you so much, Kev. Yeah, the project itself. Um, also, um, I will uh, try my best to get a photo of the Megillat Esther, of the, the scroll of Esther, so that by the time this is being broadcasted, the listeners can quickly go to our site and they will be able to see um, where these small little letters encoded in the book, the, the ancient book of Esther um, is, and they will literally be able to see it and understand how that came into play after a World War II um, when, again, the world tried so hard to yes. annihilate God's yes, yes. people. And that website? www.aligenalignwithdesign.com Okay. Um, they, can go to the, they can go to the blog and we will have it there. So, so let's just finish with the book of Esther in Esther 9.22. We've mentioned this before. You will see in 21, verse 21, it says that we have to celebrate it on the 14th and the 15th of Adar. But then it goes on and it says what the Jewish people have to do. Uh, we have to read the Megillah, the scroll. We, will have, um, we have to send portions of food to, to our friends. This is not to the poor people. This is to your friends. This is where we also, you just spoke about it, Catherine. We are puzzle pieces. We need to connect to each other. The, the Jewish community also has to strengthen their ties by doing meals together and absolutely celebrating um, <laughs> this tremendous victory that God has not only given us during the times of 
professor, but that we've been seeing time after time after time again. Um, the other thing that we have to do is uh, on that day, again, we have to give money to the poor. We have to make sure that the poor have something to eat, that they will be able to celebrate the festival as um, any other person, uh, any other Jew. And that is all written in the book of Esther 9.22, and it is such a celebration. But at the same time, the night when we read the Megillah, um, it, it, it's a very interesting evening as well. Every time when we go through the scroll or through the book and Haman's name is being mentioned, um, we obliterate his name literally by making as much noise as we possibly can. <laughs> and what is the name again, Anarina? <laughs> what is the name again? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to understand that you've seen it obviously, but for the, the listeners who haven't been to a reading of the Book of Esther, the poor person that needs to read this, he knows already what's coming. And every single time when that name is mentioned, there is such noise. It's beautiful. And and Cass, that just reminds us again of, of what we need to do. In the end of days, but at the same on the same night, we give the half shekel coin, and this is very important because on the fifteenth of Adar, um, when we celebrate Purim, the best din, the courts in in the temple started to send out messengers to tell the people it's time to come up to Jerusalem, and they also send out workers. To, to prepare the way. These people had to make sure to roll all the stones that fell into the roads during the rainy season. They have to erect markers so that the people know how to get to Jerusalem. They have to open up the cisterns um, so that there is enough water for all the pilgrims to come up. So on the day that we celebrate Purim is the day when the voice goes out and, say, and it says to the people, and you can see that in Isaiah 62, it says, go through, go through the, uh, the gates, clear the way for my people, cast up, cast up the highway, gather out the stones and lift up an um, ensign over the peoples. So all of this happening also on the day of, of, of Purim. So we're starting to get ready for one of the most amazing festivals where the pilgrims will start coming up to Jerusalem. Um, Kaz, and yes. you've seen the road, you've seen the road. You've also seen the excavations on the ancient road in the city of David, in the ancient biblical Jerusalem, where we are today literally rolling away the stones <laughs> off the ancient road. Oh and my. all of that happened. Yes. If, if the listeners can just understand that the story didn't start in, only started in, in the desert with the Israelites coming out of the exile of Egypt, it will finish again. The story is still going on, and in our days, God willing, cares, we will see the fulfillment of all of the, the thread, the golden thread yes. of God's salvation that we have seen in every generation. Yes. People. You know, one of the things that Honorina said, a phrase that really struck me, she said, and the, vo- and the voice goes out to gather the people of Israel. And I think more so now than ever before, that voice is going out and you're seeing an amazing Correct. addition of people coming back in uh, that have gone through Aliyah and are coming back into Correct. Israel. And that voice is saying, gather the people. But it just struck me that we've just changed decades from the decades of the Ayan 
which is the I, and into these decades, which is the pay, which is speaking things out. And we're, we're hearing that God is using his people to speak things out, too, saying, come on back to your promised land. And he's Correct. speaking in the hearts of uh, men and women across the world to say, come on back to your Correct. promised land. How remarkable. We've got about one minute yes. left. How do you want to close this out? This is remarkable, Honorina. Remarkable. It is amazing. Kat, I just want to say you just mentioned Aliyah. Aliyah is the ancient word for um, to ascend. And that's why when the Jewish people come out of their countries back to Jerusalem, back to Israel, they ascend. It's a spiritual elevation to come back to Israel and to Jerusalem. But remember that God says, my house is a house of prayer to all nations. And this time, it's not only the Jewish people that needs to come back. This time, the nations need to come back. And King Solomon prayed that prayer. He said, God, remember every single person that comes here when they stretch out their hands and they pray to you that you will remember and answer their prayers. So even now, Kaz, I would like you are coming but every listener, if they can find a way to come, make that aliyah to, to, to Israel, make that aliyah <laughs> to Jerusalem. Come there, stretch out your hands to the place where the third temple will stand again, will be built, and celebrate with us the days that we are in, because we are truly in really exciting days. Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to end with a scripture that's been one of my favorite scriptures, and I don't even remember the address of this scripture, but uh, Anna knows everything, so she'll tell me. Mm-hmm. As we close the show, I want to share this scripture with you because it relates to you right now, and it says, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord and to the, uh, the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths, and the law shall go forth out of Zion, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. God is planting that in your heart of hearts, my listening friend. And Honorina, what a joy to have you with me and this Align with Zion Hour. We've reached the conclusion of this one hour. Of course, Come Together San Diego is a two-hour broadcast, so wait till you discover who I have for the ne- and the topic for the next hour. You will be blown away and pleased. But Honorina, thanks so much for joining us. I love doing this, and I'm going to be seeing you in person <laughs> soon. Any, th- any quick thoughts, any 20-second thoughts or anything like that? Cash, just bring the money to buy me my coffee. That's all. You <laughs> me a coffee. So I'll see you in Jerusalem. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to take the last phrase that Honorina says, and I'm going to apply it to you, my listening friend. So as we close this segment, Honorina and I both say, see you in Jerusalem. In Jerusalem. <laughs> uh, and I'll be right back. Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. KPRZ, San Marcos, Poway, and K29CR, Encinitas. FM 106.1, North County, AM 1210, San Diego. K-Praise. I'll tell the world. Come Together San Diego with Cash Taylor on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. I'll tell the world, world, world. And welcome to this remarkable hour on Come Together San Diego. This is an hour I've been looking forward to because I am going to delve back into the area called Jerusalem and I'm going to talk with a newfound friend. His name is Adam Eliahu Berkowitz. He's a guy that uh, writes for Breaking Israel News and the whole heart cry of Breaking Israel News is actually taking scripture and applying it to the articles that they write. Adam, good to have you again on Come Together San Diego. 
Thank God, and thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. You know, I have a list, but here's what happens. Um, the Spirit of God often comes in and goes, okay, well, that was nice for you to write that. Let's go a little bit different direction. So I'm game for that. First of all... That's usually what happens. <laughs> yeah, as you write your articles for... Uh, breaking Israel news, that may be what happens. You get maybe one sentence or one paragraph or one word or one letter, and all of a sudden it uh, takes on a different life. (laughs) So very briefly, give me the very brief elevator speech on who, why, what, where, when, and how of uh, Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz and breaking Israel news. And then I want to jump into some fun stuff for this hour. Well, the elevator thing is that I... um uh, moved to Israel in 1991. I had been for 10 years a chef in uh, fancy French restaurants in Manhattan. I moved to Israel and uh, was milking cows on kibbutz. Uh, then I started uh, learning in yeshiva uh, uh, Bible study for almost 10 years, nine years. Um, and I moved to the Golan. And I've been writing news articles for Breaking Israel News for four and a half years. Uh, basically reporting on the unfolding process of revelation and redemption in Israel. And yes, I've yes. got about 2,600 articles on that. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes. And I heard last time you have a, a discipline of writing a certain number of articles per day or per week. What are those numbers? Oh, boy. Uh, it's an absolute minimum of two. That's if I'm only working. I, it, it's anywhere from two to five articles a day. And two to five articles a day? My goodness. You know, if you're if you're looking at the at the world with the biblical perspective, you the the the, the prophecy is happening at such a pace. <laughs> I don't know if it's always been that way, but it's just prophecy is, is happening. Yes, yes, and, yes. In these times, uh, I mean, you, we're we're called upon to uh, kind of uh, record the things that are going on. You know, in King David's day, he had recorders, and those recorders were responsible for recording things that were going on. I think in, we are modern-day recorders, and uh, you're using uh, broadcast, but you're also using uh, the electronic media to do that through breaking Israel news. And uh, here I, I am mean, on the radio. Isn't, so. isn't, that part, isn't that part of the process? You know, it's, it's, it's miraculous. I mean, that I'm talking to you. I'm sitting here on the sidewalk in Jerusalem in that little courtyard in a, in a hotel in Jerusalem. And um, you and I are talking about uh, God. <laughs> we <laughs> love it. It's amazing. It's amazing. Okay, I'll get ready, because here comes Kaz with his some of his questions. And you, I already forewarned you on some of them. Uh, there's an interesting parallel in Israel and the United States. Uh, not only do we have a president that is, I would say, the most uh, prolific and uh, adoring uh, president that's most president that's most adoring of Israel and has a real heart cry for Israel and the people of Israel and also the surrounding nations. He's a real unusual guy, and many people have. I think he's. I think he's. I think he's. Um, he's changing the world in a very interesting way because if you look around. You know, if you listen to the mainstream media, they say horrible things about him. But but if you look at the elections that are happening around the world, more and more world leaders uh, who are similar or in the same headspace as as Trump are being elected. I know major countries around the world. Yes. People are waking up to the to the lies that they've been fed. People are waking up. 
it's very clearly happening. I'm with you. So let's talk a little bit because of the things that are going on in America. You know, uh, Islam identifies Israel as the little Satan and the uh, United States as the big Satan. So even though that they have said that in a negative sense, we know that there are common denominators between the USA and Israel. Why don't you relate mm-hmm. those to us in what you are seeing and what you are writing about, Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz? Well, <laughs> well I, think, I think in ways that are not intentional, things that are, are really beyond intention, things that are, are being brought down into the world connect us. Um, we have the same enemies. Even um, Trump is, you know, he's, he's embattled. And there's, there's, the, the Democrats are questioning the election. And that's, uh, we have problems with our election here. Um, the, America was, was challenged on southern borders. Israel was challenged on its southern borders. Um, the same terrorists who want to attack Israel are also the ones who want to attack America. They try to change the names and shuffle it around. But that's clearly true. I think that there's, I mean, even though, of course, uh, America is, 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 is based on Christian values, um, and it's, it's dishonest to not recognize that. Well, but here, let me let me change that a little bit. Yes, Christian values, but I would say, if you look across the span of America and the Constitution, I would say Judeo-Christian values, Adam. Okay, okay, yeah, and that even makes it, and I, I, w- I would want to say even something stronger than Christian values, you know? Oh, exactly. Um, it, it's, it's not even values, it's, 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 if you can think of Christian culture. Yes, right. Um, and, 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 and really, uh, the Christian home and the Christian family, that's the American dream. Um, and I think that's really um, created this bridge, this connection between Israel and America, so that, you know, we have the same enemy. Mm-hmm. We have also the same friends. And we're, we're dealing, we're struggling with the same issues at the same time. And... and Drive and trying to drive it. So, so when people trying to drive a wedge between us is 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 horribly destructive. It's that's the enemy is to separate us. Yes. And uh, yeah, and that's why I, I think this connection that's growing between it's, you and me, between <laughs> between America and Israel, is so important. I, I love really it. Essential. Let me let me remind let me remind our audience that uh, uh, Adam Eliehu uh, Berkowitz uh, with Breaking Israel News is not. A gen- not a Gentile, he's a Jew, and he is also an Orthodox Jew. I am a Christian, and he is an Orthodox Jew. And a lot of people go, how do you connect the dots in that? A lot of the ways we're not really sure of, but we're willing to take the steps forward and find out. Isn't that right, Adam? <laughs> that's, oh, that's precisely it. Um, it's like if you start in, inspecting it too much and you get a little crazy, <laughs> but if you just flow with it, it works. I mean, I'm walking in the land of the Bible. I live here. And if you came here, you would you would be connecting it to the same Bible. Exactly, exactly. And there there are of course differences, but you know they're not differences that cause us to want to do harm to each other. That's right, and that can't be said for all the people in the world, unfortunately. That's very good, well spoken. Let's talk about the topic of anti-Semitism or anti-Semitic influence. Uh, going on in nations around the world, but I want to focus in on the United States and even in Israel. We know, obviously, I, Israel is is an ad, people are anti-Semitic all around, but also even in your own government. Well, uh, take a look in the United States; it's the same story. I left, as I said, I left America in 1991, and I I don't understand this. I have never seen anything like this. It's it just doesn't make sense that there's that there are Jews being beaten up 
in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. There are, and, and in the last year and a half, there have been two synagogue shootings and a mass shooting of targeting Jews in Jersey City. Yes, and you know, um, one of those synagogue shootings was, happened in, in San Diego County. Right, and yes. that's how you, you know, San Diego, it's supposed to be, you know, pluralism and accepting, and it's, but I think that part of it, 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 it all comes from Israel. First of all, it's a, it's a wake-up call. Yes. It's a wake-up call. Um, second of all, when you, you mentioned anti-Semitism in Israel, it's not anti-Semitism. Um, something that we have to do from our side, and hopefully your side can help out. Israel was created by secular Zionists who believed that the, the connection between the Jews and Israel, that Israel should be a refuge for the Jews from anti-Semitism. And that's not what Israel is, and, not, and it isn't what it should be. Israel is our covenant with God. And as soon as we change that into something else, then it's destructive. Yes. And the secular Zionists, and to this day, they believe that the reason why the non-Jews hate us is because of the Torah, is because of the Bible. And it's one of the reasons why, strangely enough, the, the pluralistic left-wing liberal Israelis have difficulty with the evangelicals who support Israel is because the evangelicals love Israel because of the Bible. Yes. Not despite the Bible. Uh That's very difficult for them. It is. That's very difficult for them. It is. And what I'd like to suggest is just keep on believing in the Bible, believing that the covenant was, was there and that it's based in Israel. And if you do that, then, then God willing, the Jews who don't who, who who believe that the that the Torah is a bad thing, they'll 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 come around. Uh, everything, every word you're saying, I can say, Amen, brother, Amen, too. So, <laughs> m- my listening friend, I am with uh, Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz, who's a remarkable journalist for Breaking Israel News, and we talked a little bit about the common denominators between Israel and the United States in the next segment. I'm going to ask him about Iranian threats and how they are dealing with them in Israel and how we are dealing with them in the United States and common denominators there. So Adam and I will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show with Cass Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210, K-Praise. Yes, indeed. And I am back with Adam Eliahu Berkowitz, and he's a journalist for Breaking Israel News. It's become one of my favorite reads because the articles are short and sweet, but they really go to the heart of things. And they also identify scripture that relates to the topic of the article. And I know, Adam, that's just something that you love, putting those two things together, the today and the sure. yesterday together in an article. I love that. I have a feeling God loves it, too. <laughs> Let's let's talk about uh, Iran. That's a that's a topic that has you know all all the way back in Deuteronomy and Exodus the the, the seeds of this Iranian mentality uh, uh, tied to the Amalekites and things like that. That seed has been and 
arch enemy, basically, of Israel. And now it's coming to the head and uh, amazing things are happening in Iran, uh, positive and negative. You want to talk a little bit about that because uh, we've been seeing uh, Iran in the news and we will likely see Iran in the news more and more frequently. Go ahead, Adam. Sure. It's, and it's very timely. Today's the, um, <clears throat> we're celebrating the beginning of the month of Adar, the Hebrew month Adar, and that's the month that uh, Purim is in, where we learn the story about, uh, about what happens in Persia. And when you, when, when you write from the biblical perspective, when you write news from the biblical perspective, it becomes very clear that it doesn't make sense unless you look at it from the biblical perspective. Iran, first of all, they're not Arabs, so they're Persians. So we're talking about Persia like we knew in the Bible. Um, Persia's been around for 2,000 years. So more. So yeah, more. Um, so, so to understand them as Persian and not as Arabs and not as Muslim um, really puts things into perspective. And um, I, I, I recently read that, um, that so Trump did this amazing thing. He does these amazing things, and no one knows <laughs> that's the crazy thing. He took out Soleimani, and and Obama even told the, the the military not to take out Soleimani. He had a chance and didn't do it. The the it's not being publicized, I think, because of the, the media the media bias. Yes, but he dealt a major blow to them. They are suffering. Soleimani was making things. He was in charge of everything that happened outside of Iran. Yes. And Iran is expansionist like people do not understand. Yes. Iran is getting a hold on the, of the whole region. And that was all Soleimani. And that's all done. Let me draw a parallel here and let you interject here, because I know you're going to smile as, as I do this, because I am in communication with other Orthodox Hebrew Jewish teachers as well. And there's some lights that have been going on with me to say that uh, uh, Trump dealt a serious blow to Iran by taking out Soleimani. It would be similar to in Esther's day, uh, mm-hmm. this guy named Haman or Haman, Haman being taken out uh, and the decree reversed against Israel as a result. So, I mean, th- this is a big deal, is it not? It's, it's precisely the same. It's precisely the same. Um, where um, where he, he was the one turning, turning the government bad. Soleimani was the one turning the government bad. And he was leading the way. Um, he, he was like, you know, the dog that you let loose and then the dog is actually the one dragging you along. <laughs> uh, and taking him out was, was a major blow. And they're still reeling from it. And people are not giving credit where credit's due. Um, the flip side is, Iran is about to explode. Um, the people, the, 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 when Obama made the deal with, uh, with Iran, what he did was gave money to them, and they were really literally starving. Mm-hmm. So he gave them all these billions of dollars, and the money went all into the army. None of it went to the people. Yes. And the people are still starving. And you can't do that. <laughs> Even in a regime, you can't do that. Um, there was recently an article I wrote where an Iranian general ordered his people, starve yourselves to battle the U.S. because the U.S. wants to put sanctions on us, and we'll show that the sanctions aren't important because you are happy to starve for us. Mm. Well, the the truth is the people are not happy to starve for the regime. Yes. Um, The the people are are protesting and rioting in the streets, and the government is responding by shooting them dead en masse. 
this is this is not America going in and meddling. This is America going in and saying you are evil regime. We're going to take you. And this is what America does best. Uh, uh, you know, I'm so I'm so proud to be an American because we're the America's the only country that that sent soldiers to fight for other people's freedom. Yes, well, that's what we did in World War Two. That's that's America. Yes, that's who we are, and that's what we're doing in Iran. Exactly. You know, it, and one of the things that, you know, I like scriptures in Isaiah where it talks about the people that sat in darkness will see a great light. There's a revolution and a revelation happening in Iran, uh, a, a remarkable Absolutely. one. I, I, I'm reminded uh, of what a tweet, of course, a tweet of President Trump on January 12th, I think it was. And here's what he said. He said to the, <laughs> I got left to the leaders of Iran, do not kill your protesters. Thousands mm-hmm. have already been killed or imprisoned by you. And the world is watching. More importantly, the U.S. is watching. Turn your Internet back on and let reporters roam freely. Stop killing your great Iranian people. <laughs> is that this funny is or what? I mean, funny in a, in a proud to be American. Strange that's way. why he wants to be president. Yeah. And that, that is America in a nutshell. It is. That, that's that's why we're that's why we're great. So, so I have to laugh. We've got a, a few minutes left in this segment, three or four. And so well, I, I track your articles, and I was, am enamored. I was very interested to know the connection between Soleimani uh, of today and Iran of the past and the Haman, I would call it the Haman spirit, mm-hmm. or a, 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 um, the anti-Semitic spirit of Haman uh, back in that day. And I was very interested uh, to find an article written by a guy named Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz saying there may be some connection between the, <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, the ring of Haman yeah. <laughs> uh, and the ring that was found on the only remaining piece of, uh, yeah. of, uh, of uh, I mean, Soleimani. Was, and so, it big so, significant in, in, in Islam. He was wearing it for religious reasons. It wasn't a decorative ring. My. So, <laughs> so I mean, he, my listen, let me intercede here just for a second. My listening friend, what you need to know is when uh, Soleimani and uh, the 10 people that were in his troop, interesting number as well, but the, those, mm-hmm. that number of people that were in his troop, the only thing that was actually left of the remains of Soleimani was a hand with a ring on it. That was it. That's how they could identify him. And that ring had some amazing common denominators with the ring spoken of in the book of Esther as a signet ring upon which uh, the seal was born and a decree for the death of the Jews was uh, uh, declared. And we know that 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 declaration, that decree was reversed. But uh, speak a little bit about that. We have about uh, two or three more minutes left in the segment, Adam. It's amazing. About about Soleimani being being. well, the whole the whole ring thing and the whole the whole temperament or the mantle of Soleimani as it was back in the Esther days and in the present days. Yeah. So the whole thing about the ring is it is it's it's the ring of power, um, and and uh, that's what Haman was given. He didn't have power of his own. He he stole power, and that's and that's very much what Soleimani did. Um, and the number ten, yeah, it's not it's not. Um, by chance, it was the ten sons of Haman. These ten people were with him. The ten um, sons of Haman were hanged by the same noose, <laughs> right? So, so I, I, I mean, it's just it, what blows me away is 
is that people are not willing to to look at the obvious that's in front of them. Yes. This is all written. We know what the end is going to be. We, we really do know who is good and who is bad. And you have to work very hard to get it confused. And people are willing to, to, to work that hard. Yes. Um, they're willing to say that good is evil and evil is good. Oh, my, that reminds me of a scripture, and not surprisingly enough. <laughs> of course. Um, that, that's, that, that stone was a carnelian. Um, it has special significance in Islam. Um, it was his connection to Islam. Um, and uh, um, and it the, the definitely was uh, connected to Haman, um, both of them being Persians, both of them not even being the leaders, but underling. Yes. Um, and a lot of rabbis in Israel made that connection. I'm looking at this now. Um, yeah. So um, I just I kind of threw that out uh, Im- almost impromptu. So I didn't don't mean you don't need to go in great detail. But I was I had to laugh when I go. This is an interesting article. And I looked at the byline and it was Y.O.U. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the kind of thing I report this stuff, but it's like. It's right there for everyone to see, and and it's in. And you're right; it's easy for me. It's in the Bible, you know. Uh, an evil Persian killed with a ring. You know, <laughs> gee, we've heard that before. <laughs> Wait a minute, where have I heard that before? And then you go in and you find it, and you go, "Oh, this is biblical, no question about it." Right. My, my, my listening friend, I, I I need to pull a put, put another period. I need to put another period okay. at this engrossing conversation. And uh, we're going to be continuing this on the other side of the, the break. But uh, Adam Eliahu Berkowitz, I guess you can tell he's a man. He, his heart and mine are knit together. But I am convinced that his heart is knit with the creator of the universe as well. So we're going to talk about other topics that are going on in Israel that is going to be impacting uh, the United States as well. I'm going to call it a thing called the Uh, the deal of the century or the peace plan, which we will talk about when Adam and I come right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Hi, San Diego. This is Pastor Larry Peltier of Beach Chapel, Encinitas. Lord, we pray for grace and favor for all of San Diego, all those who are homeless, who are sick, who need help. We just thank you, God. Now, more of Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. And back again with Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz. And the thing that makes me nervous is during the breaks we talk, and it concerns me that his sense of humor is as corny as mine. <laughs> Gotta love it. So, so Adam, you know, we kind of set up the topic for this segment and was dealing with the, what Trump would call the deal of the century, what we would call the peace plan. It's been in the works, it seems like, since his very the beginning of his administration. And it has now been launched. And so the question is, how is this being received in Israel from a variety of different factions and fractions there, but also in the surrounding um, Sunni nations and also some of the Shiite nations further to your north and east? Well, I'll give you an inside track on an article that, God willing, I'll be putting out um, tomorrow, hopefully tomorrow. Um, I met with the Sanhedrin this afternoon. Um, the thing about Trump's peace deal 
is you can see in it what you want to until you look really deep. The people compared Trump to Cyrus because Cyrus was the non-Jewish king who opened the way for the Jews to build the second temple. Now, the thing is, one aspect of the deal of the century was Trump called for, and rightfully so, he called for um, religious freedom for all religions on the Temple Mount. Now, a lot of people were saying, well, how can you get a, uh, a, it's kind of, it says, it's very telling when they said, you know, you can't have religious freedom on the Temple Mount and also a Palestinian capital in Jerusalem, which is true because the Palestinians are anti-religious freedom. Yes. But by doing that, he took the second step, which is Cyrus told the Jews to come back to Israel and, and enabled us to do that, but he also enabled us to build the temple. Yes. Trump opened up the temple now for the Jews, something that we ourselves didn't do in 1967. So you're saying he said... Uh, it- Legally speaking, the the uh, the Temple Mount area, actually Judea, Samaria, and part of the, the Jordanian uh, area as well, is legally uh, available f- for the Jews. I don't know the right terminology, but the, exactly, the, how major is that? I mean, please. Exactly what what every other what every other uh, person who tried to negotiate, even uh, American presidents, tried to to help the negotiation. They were coming from the from the starting point from of. Of the, the default position of, well, we'll see what we can, what parts of Israel we can give to the Jews. Yes, Trump really came around and said the default position is really what the Bible says. <laughs> this is a covenant. Now let's see what the Jews are willing to do with it. And I'm I'm really afraid that we're not going to step up to the plate. That our people are going to blow it. But what he did was precisely what King Cyrus did. So he basically opened the door. He opened the door and see whether it's going to be walked through or not. Exactly. And now the question <laughs> is, uh, you know, I, I, this is this is where some people might, you know, all of a sudden, you know, get a shock and be like, well, I'm not so sure. You know, the Jews want to step through to one thing and we want to step through to another. And I'm just like, let's just take, you know, baby steps together, because we really, you know, we both believe in prophecy and the prophecy is there. You know, the prophecy was that we would come back to the land. We did. Now, let's let's do the rest of the prophecies. All the signs are happening. Yes. And Trump, Trump did precisely what Cyrus did, which was to say to the Jews, here it is. And you know, when he said that, the Persian Jews, most of the Persian Jews objected. They didn't come back and they didn't want to build the temple. Mm, mm. And so it's not surprising that the, that the American Jews are not coming back. And they're against Trump, who wanted, who's enabling us to, to, to come home and to, to build a home for, for God. Yes, yes. And in the United States, it's very sad that th- these people are aligning with a liberal party that embraces the death of kids and, and, and uh, uh, all other, oh, other things that are bad for a nation and the nations. Uh, and it's, it's so horrible. sad. It's, it's sad. It's horrible. And, you know, it's funny. They, they say, well, Sanders could be the first Jewish president. But you know something? Donald <laughs> Trump, if Sanders does get in, his son is not Jewish. His son was born to a to a to a to a non-Jewish woman. So, so according to Jewish law, he is not Jewish. Donald Trump <laughs> wasn't the first Jewish president, but he has a Jewish daughter and Jewish, Jewish grandchildren. And so yeah, Jewish son-in-law. Yeah, no question. <laughs> that is too funny. Let's, let me change. Just keeping the same topic of the peace plan, but one of the biggest. Uh, 
stumbling stones is the, the phraseology of a two-state solution because you know as a, uh, a Jew that the land that God promised you should not be bantered with and, and used as leverage tools. We know that from Gaza and the Gaza Strip and things like that. We know that the dangers are there. And, and you know, by virtue of uh, the peace plan trying to get uh, a synergy between the Palestinians and the Israelis, uh, something akin to a peace plan, I mean, a two-state solution is being introduced there, but it's a different kind of thing than it was in the past. It's not, uh, here, oh, it's here, totally here, different. Yeah, totally different. here's land, now do your part. It's like you do your part, and then there may be some recognition about those lands. You want to talk a little bit about that? Well, I just, uh, I think that that's just that you have to look at the details. There will, what he gave them was basically saying, well, the Jews are even more in the driver's seat than you are, which no one's ever said before. Yes. There's not going to, what he gave us, there was implicit in it, though not explicit, that there would never be a two-state station. There would never be a Palestinian state. And the Palestinians rejected it beforehand. Donald Trump is a deal maker. People who say he isn't have never had to do business with him. <laughs> um, he's a deal maker, and he knew precisely what was going to come out of this deal. Actually, interestingly enough, you were in Manhattan at the time, and you you knew of Trump back in those days. Exactly. Uh, and he was a builder, a mover, and a shaker. So it's no big surprise to you. I think he bought Trump Tower for like a ridiculously low sum of money, uh-huh. and now it's you know priceless. So um, <laughs> I've eaten there. I know how priceless it is. Okay, um, and he's he's a deal maker, and. You know, that's unfortunately, that's what that's what uh, a ruler has to be. He's making deals. And this, I think, was it was a brilliant deal because there's no way the Palestinians were ever going to accept it because they'd been raised in a world where they got everything they wanted. And they still walked away saying, we're not going to give you what what we want. We're not going to give you the basic. Yes. But the temperature has changed now, hasn't it, in the Middle East? And the people that were the surrounding uh, uh, Arab nations, particularly those nations that are tied to the Sunni, uh, uh, Sunnis, uh, not the Shiites, the Sunnis, uh, have a little bit more reason to team up with somebody who has has nuclear strength because there's a threat of another nuclear Mm -hmm. soon coming power uh, in the northeast called Iran. (laughs) So, I mean, there's a lot more pressure on Palestine to 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 shore up any disagreements that they've had and uh, walk the walk, isn't it? I I feel bad for the Palestinians because they've been used as a pawn by the other Sunni, by the Sunni states. Um, They've been used by a pawn as a pawn by the left wing. Um, No one's really wanted to do good by them, even UNRWA and the U.N., it was set up to make them into the, the tool to, to stab Israel, to stab the Jews. Um, it's, it's pure anti-Semitism, mm. um, that politics. Um, so the, the left wing that says they're pro-Palestinian, well, they've been pro-Palestinian for, for 90 to 80 years and still haven't helped them. Yes. Because... Because they're not pro-Palestinian. If you were pro-Palestinian, you'd go into Jordan, you'd go into Lebanon, you'd go into Syria. But they don't because they're not pro-Palestinian. So it's it's not Israel's not making the Palestinians suffer. And I feel I feel bad for them in their in the position they're in. They're their own worst enemy. Yes. And the other Arab nations don't like them 
but they are coming around to Israel. Saudi Arabia never really fought Israel, but Saudi Arabia wants to attach itself to the Western world. Yes. And Israel, is, you talked about the, the big thing and the little thing. Well, Israel and America, they perceive us as the same. We are a bubble of America in the Middle East. Mm. So if you want to get to America, if you want to connect to America, we are your embassy. My. And if they want to, and that's why they want to connect to the Russian world, they connect to Israel. Yes. It's not that Israel is separate from America. We're not. We yeah. are, we are, At we, least this administration, we are similar hearted. But I'll tell you what, the people groups in, in the Judeo Christian believers. Even in other administrations, it's, it's inevitable that Israel will always be connected to America, even yes. when the president is not. <laughs> oh, no, that's true. You're exactly right. I, I need, uh, I, I'm going to need to put an end at this, this uh, segment soon, but. Uh, my listening friend, I hope you're getting thrilled because what Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz is telling you is something that Scripture has been telling you since you've been reading it, <laughs> and that is there are times that are coming soon to a nation year near you that uh, God is going to have his way, and the people that have been against God are not. And uh, we're seeing that unfold even in these days, even when, uh, in, you know, an animal uh, that is an attack animal is threatened. They they increase their game. They 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 go on steroids, basically. And that's what's happening in the Middle East. That's what's happening in the United States and surrounding Israel as well. We're going to talk about more things like that with Adam Aliyahu Berkowitz of Breaking Israel News in the next segment. But I'm also going to give uh, Adam free reign to free freestyle however he wants to and we will just see (laughs) yeah we'll see where this next segment goes when adam and i come right back more come together san diego with kaz taylor is next fm 106.1 and am 1210 k praise now more of come together san diego the new live local show on k praise here's kaz taylor Yes, indeed. Back with Adam Liachu Berkowitz, BreakingIsraelNews.com. We've been speaking a little bit, Adam, about the peace plan, and we hadn't totally finished that conversation. Let's put it, look for a place to put a period at the end of that sentence and then give you some opportunity to do some freestyling. Well, for the first time, I think um, there's a, 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 a negotiation, a plan, that rejecting the plan is also an outcome. Until now, every time the, the Palestinians rejected it, um, it just meant, oh, the next time we're going to get more. So it continued and continued. Donald Trump, as I said, he's an amazing negotiator. And he's like, well, if you walk away, um, that's it. That's it. Now the Jews can annex everything. Israel can annex everything. So yes. I, think that's, I think that's where we're holding. And he, he made it so it's actually going to work one way or the other. Until now, any time the Palestinians rejected it, man, let's go back and renegotiate it and we'll get more. <laughs> the Palestinians will get more the next time. Yes. Trump looked at them and said, no, if you reject it this time, if you walk away, bye-bye, you're not at the table anymore. And that's the first time that's ever been done. And there's a lot so of pressure now, from the surrounding uh, Sunni nations as well, saying, you better get this also, done. <laughs> Amazing also. times, Adam. Amazing times. So he pulled off what no one, what the Gordian knot that no one was able to, to, to deal with. And of course, I'll be having to check in with you periodically to have you give us updates. But now what I wanted to do is to give you the privilege or the freedom to let her rip potato chip. So uh, what do you want to talk about? Uh, you're an amazing guy. And you're I, I've, I've seen you do videos of different places and different activities going on. You are literally 
on the pulse or in the thick of things, not only in Israel, but you, you understand the surrounding areas. So what's Thanks, stirring God. you, Adam? Well, I'll tell you. The amazing thing about prophecy is you read about it in the Bible, and you read it in the Bible, it's like either you look at the prophecy and you say, no way, and then you write it off, or you say, oh, obvious. <laughs> but the thing is, when they wrote it, for example, saying that the, that the war will last 11 minutes, who could have imagined such a thing? And now we can. You know, back <laughs> in the day, it took 11 minutes just to saddle up your horse. My mind. You know? so, so, and now we can see that when they talked about, about diseases or things like that, we, that. It was unthinkable in those days, and now we're seeing it. And that's the thing about prophecy. Prophecy is, it sounds absurd when you first hear it. And now, through the news, I'm actually seeing the prophecy, if you look at it. But then people can write it off. So, for example, a rabbi told me, coronavirus. He's like, what's happening with coronavirus? Well, the countries are shutting down their borders. I know a lot of American Jews, religious Jews, who who have this headspace of like, well, when it's really time, when it's really, really time, I'll pack up my bags and, and head over. And a lot of rabbis have been saying, no, by that time, it'll be too late. Mm. And you know something? It will be too late because the, the, the airports will be closed down because of the coronavirus. So that's the amazing thing about prophecy. You know, the, is, is when you see it, recognizing it for what it is. Yes. Because when the prophecy was made, it sounded absurd and impossible. Yes, yes. And we're seeing all these amazing prophecies. Like, for example, last week. There were flowers at the Dead Sea, blooming fields. Of I, I saw that. I saw a picture. I think it was in in uh, breaking Is- Israel news, and it just just, just a whole blanket of uh, multicolored <laughs> flowers right at the border. Did you take that picture? Where'd that picture come from? I did, I did not. We got pictures from people. I mean, I, uh, but uh, I got pictures from people who went down there for us. But the thing <laughs> is. I I first heard of it from Times of Israel, and they're like, yeah, flowers in the Dead Sea, isn't that nice? And I'm like, flowers in the Dead Sea? Oh, I know a few prophets who would be laughing. (laughs) And and they saw it, but they didn't understand it. And if someone had, and when when the prophet said, the Dead Sea will come to life and bloom and be full of fish, the the people, you know, people, you know, five years ago would have said, oh, that's absurd, that's crazy, it's fiction, it's the Bible, which is absurd. And now we're seeing these things happen, and they refuse to acknowledge it. The prophecy is right there in front of us. That's the crazy thing. Yes, and the crazy thing is God has put people in place to be able to record this, and uh, and, and you guys and, are among and, them, and I have to people, say. And other people don't even see it when it's on, in front of their eyes. Yes. That's the, so that's real, I mean, that's, that's faith. Faith is not believing in something in, that isn't there. Or faith is not even believing in something you can't see. Real faith is also seeing something something that is there. Mm-hmm. Because people who don't have faith won't see it. I like it. I like it. And with the creative word of God in the book of Genesis, part of that faith in believing is the uh, uh, the element uh, for actually it coming to pass, you know, as we believe it in in in, in the heart and we proclaim God's word, uh, He's free to allow His word to take effect in the hard heartedness and the blindness of His I mean, people. <laughs> I mean, the classic case of that of that is the, the very existence of the state of Israel. Yes, which we're we're a little spoiled. A hundred years ago, 
150 years ago, people would have thought you were insane if you if they if you said to them, "Look, I'm going to be talking to this guy in Jerusalem." Yes, they'd be like, "What Jerusalem? <laughs> no, that's uh, but uh, against all odds, for the first time in human history, a nation has come back to its land, and in a big way. Okay, yeah. and that that would have been thought of impossible. That's the prophecy that that people would say. That's what, that's insane. Yes, but, th- but this opens the door to so many other prophecies. If they now they have to believe Absolutely. that, then all these other things that are in the, in progress right now uh, have to be That's taken That's it. Yep. taken seriously as well. Yep. So we've got about uh, two or three minutes left in this segment. Let me ask you first of all to encourage people to visit your site and to glean from it as I have, and then I'm going to have you give some parting thoughts. And uh, okay. if you, that would be okay um, you, with you, can, you. You can read my articles on breakingisraelnews.com, uh, sp- spelled like it's spoken. Um, and as I said, I write articles every single day. Uh, we get the in, in, the inside track on what's happening in Israel. You can connect to me personally. on I, I'm on Facebook constantly. That's Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz. Eliyahu is E-L-I-Y-A-H-U, Berkowitz, B-E-R-K-O-W-I-T-Z. Um, and by the way, my friend, if you go if you go to Breaking Israel News, I've discovered this. You put his name up in the search engine there, and it's going to give you an opportunity to read some of his uh, present and past works. You're going to see a theme throughout. I also, I'd also <laughs> recommend reading the past works because um, a lot of stuff comes back on itself, uh, and a lot of it is basic stuff like who is Gog and Magog, uh, who is. Um, Gog Magog is what he says, my friend. I'm sorry, I have to be uh, your God, interpreter. God. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Um, if you want to learn about the Dead Sea, if you it can help your Bible study. Yes. If you look at the if you read something about something in the Bible, um, there's a really good chance that I wrote about it in in, in current events. Yes. And that could add a totally new um, perspective to your yes, Bible yes. study. Well, you know what I love to do is I like like to look at the news and uh, things that are going on in the United States. Of course, the elections and things like that, and the conservative versus the liberal parties and things like that. It's a mirror image uh, of what's going on in Israel. So anytime there's something significant going on, I go, "Hmm, I wonder what Adam says. I wonder what the <laughs> uh, Breaking Israel News says." And most frequently, there's some article that has just come out that uh, details this in scriptural perspective. So um, we've got about a minute left. <laughs> I go, you know, you, you, we need to sit down for multiple hours, maybe even eternity and have these conversations. So it's fun. all about the coffee. It's <laughs> all about the coffee. <laughs> so uh, give us a one minute encouragement as we have to say goodbye for this wonderful segment. Okay. I, was, I found out that um, a concept that's very essential in Judaism is also essential in Christianity, something you call sheep and goats. Yes. Um, I don't. I don't pretend to understand uh, or be familiar with Christian theology, but Judaism has a, has a, has a very strong tradition of the before the Messiah comes. Um, there's going to be. Um, I hate to say a sorting out, but there's going to be a clarification of who's on the inside and who's on the outside, and that's something that we really don't know. And that's another miracle: genetic testing. People are finding out what their identity in a manner they never had before. Um, and it could, people are, are coming up to me saying, I've always known I had a connection. And then I get my, my genetic testing and I found out my great, great grandfather, there's an, the, the end is an ingathering. Yes. And it's a coming together of brothers. Yes. I feel so, I, I was, I feel so at home with Christians who love Israel. Yes. I really do. 
I and I'm I'm not joking, Kaz. I'm going to sit down and have a have a cup of coffee with you, a beer with you, a lot of beverages with you, <laughs> and, and and it's really that's what that's what this is all about. Um, brothers sitting down together. I heard someone. There's a quote there, isn't there? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, but l- l- let me. This is a good place to end this. It's also the name of my broadcast. It's called Come Together. San Diego, but also it's the, the, the whole purpose is to come together, not only San Diego, come together America, but also come together America and Israel. Come on. So it's a good place and to end this me, for now. And, me and, 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 and it's a coming together that in a way and between people that it's totally unexpected. Yes. And not what we thought it would be. And it's even more wonderful than we could have ever imagined. Yes. And I'm so excited about the steps ahead. And my listening friend, if you uh, are thrilled with what God is doing in America and in Israel, that's one of the reasons that Come Together San Diego is here. And uh, there'll be more of that same spirit next week when we come um, back. So bless you mightily. And Adam and Kaz said goodbye. See you later. Thanks for joining Chaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise.